I'm Dave, and uh, glad that you're here this morning as we continue this series on friends or friending and our need for community. And, you know, I think we all believe, we know that we have got to be connected. We've got to have connection. And, I mean, we are connected in our world, right? With our smart devices and our technology, we've never been more connected than we are today to what's happening in our world. But if we're honest, if we were to look at our life, many of us have no idea what's happening right down our street. I mean, it's getting more and more difficult for us to be relationally connected. And many of us long for significant relationships because these kinds of relationships, what we define as community, are essential if you and I are going to live well. But where can we find them? Um, a number of years ago, a woman named Gina Welsh, um, she was a young uh, Jewish uh, writer, an unbeliever, and she was raised in Berkeley, California. She moved to Virginia. Now, she was very surprised when she got to Virginia how different the community was there than where she had grown up on the West Coast. It was very conservative, and people were heavily influenced by the church. So she decided to do some research on a, there was a significant evangelical, evangelical church in her area, and she wanted to do some research to kind of figure out why is this community so different? So she did, listen to this, she went undercover. She pretended to be a believer, a Christian, and went undercover at this church, and she was hoping to write a book, which she ultimately did. And it's called In the Land of Believers, an Outsider's Extraordinary Journey into the Heart of the Evangelical Church. So she started attending worship, going to classes, serving, even went on a mission trip, all the while pretending like she believed. But she didn't. And even though she was beginning to feel quite guilty about her facade, she kept learning and participating. And she struggled with the subculture of the church. I mean, she, she didn't buy the t-shirt. I mean, I, I myself have kind of a problem with a lot of the Christian t-shirts too, but the phrases that people use, she didn't understand. People would say, you know, God spoke to me, and she didn't get that. And she didn't like all the talk about sin and about her need for Jesus. She didn't understand it. But she was struck by something. She was struck by the idea of God's love. And she wondered if it was possible for someone like God to love you no matter what you've done. And even though she, you know, the, the whole idea of personal sin was difficult for her, she wondered about unconditional love and acceptance. She thought unconditional love and acceptance sounds so good. Who wouldn't want that? And deep down, she wanted to experience that kind of love. Eventually, she couldn't escape the guilt that she was feeling as she pretended and she decided she had to leave. And a couple of years after her research uh, was complete, she returned to the community and talked with one of the pastors and a friend of hers named Alice and confessed her guilt to them of what she'd done. And they were gracious and loving toward her. They, they prayed with her. Um, 
And in her book, she articulates a number of things. And one, she articulates many reasons why church and God are not for her. Um, But despite that, she was captivated by the community that believers experienced. She was drawn to it. And here's what she said. She writes, What I envied most about Christians was not the God thing. It was having a community gathering each week, a touchstone for people who shared values, a safe place to be frank about your struggles, a place to be reminded of your moral compass, having a place to guard against loneliness, to feel like there are others just like you. And in that, uh, she really hit something that we all experience because we all need community. And it doesn't matter whether you have a strong faith or you're just beginning to search out faith and you're, you know, you've got, you're wondering about God, you're pursuing answers to some of life's challenges and, and, and questions because we all need community. George Gallup, in a, in a study recently, he concluded that Americans are among the loneliest people in the world. I mean, we have everything at our fingertips, everything available to us. We're connected, we've got resources, we've got entertainment, and yet many of us have very little real community. We don't have a place, we don't have a group where we are truly known, loved, and accepted. So that's the question for us this morning. I mean, what kind of community do you have? Where can you find a place to be loved and accepted? Do you have a group of friends that knows you and supports you? Well, part of uh, our reason for being Rock Hills Church is we exist to be that kind of community. One that wants to know you and support you, to walk with you, because we all have struggles. We have difficult things that we're sorting through, We're trying to figure stuff out. We struggle with our jobs and our marriages and our finances, the people we work with, family relationships, our our kids, being single and trying to figure out the dating world. We all have stuff that we're dealing with. And like Gina recognized, we all need to know that there are other people just like us. Because I'm the same way as you. I kind of, when I meet new people or I go to a new setting, in my mind, I'm thinking that these people have it all together. But the reality is, we have a lot in common. We don't have life figured out, and we're probably a lot more similar than we are different. So I hope that that gives you some optimism as you think about life and community, especially if you're longing for it today. And here's the, the main idea. I mean, you may be one community away from a better future, a more fulfilling life and faith experience. One community away from a better future. Well, today we're going to look at the book of Acts, and we see a community like this. And this is just after we finished Easter season last month. Jesus was you know, was killed, executed. He died for people's sin and he rose from the dead on the third day. So the resurrected Lord, he spent the next 40 days with the disciples, with this young community of people that were just beginning to understand what it meant to live by faith 
and that God was with them and for them, and that even though Jesus was going away, he said, I'm leaving you, but I'm going to give you my spirit. My spirit is going to be poured out into you as you experience community together. And so here we see this young community experiencing God's spirit and his presence in a new and powerful way. And here's the description. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved or coming to faith. And so in this scene, in this picture, we see community. We see deep, heartfelt, real community. They ate together, they prayed together, they supported one another. They had fellowship. Now, koinonia is the Greek word for fellowship, and it's packed full of meaning. But Christians, you know, we Christians have a tendency to kind of destroy the, the power or the potency of the word fellowship. Because if you've been around church, you've heard the word fellowship. And it's like, okay, what exactly does that mean? We throw it around a lot in church. Um, I mean, you might hear something like, that was some great fellowship, bro. It was cool hanging out over in the fellowship hall. We don't have one. Um, and if we did, we wouldn't call it the fellowship hall, but people would say, we had some fellowship over there. That was some awesome cake we, after, we had after church, the donuts before church, that was fellowship. Or we sat around, we talked about our favorite uh, sports teams, and we shared some, te- uh, some laughs together. I mean, Spurs. It's okay to talk about the Spurs at church, so that's not a bad thing. But that's only part of fellowship. It's so much more than that. So what is it? Well, it means we're gathering together and we're opening our lives to one another. We share life together. We talk about real hurts, challenges, concerns. We share good stories and bad stories. We celebrate when positive things happen and we reach out to, each other, to one another when things are tough. We help each other out. Fellowship is when we're honest and open, expecting that God is going to be in our relationships. And that's really the heart of a community as we look at this idea of koinonia. It's that we share God's grace with one another. I mean, God has come to us through Jesus, giving us his love and grace. And now as we receive it, we get to give it. We give and we receive And when we experience fellowship, we show up for each other. We love each other. We practice generosity and we walk alongside of one another. We carry each other. And I've experienced, um, you know, I've experienced lots of community like this in the church over the years. I mean, people who have come alongside of me and done very basic, practical things with me to help me out, like Stuff at my house, 
when I was painting. I've had friends come out and paint. I've had friends come lay sod with me. I've had uh, lots, I mean, eating's a big deal, part of it, right? You eat together. But I've had uh, people working on projects at our house. We've watched other people's kids. They've watched our kids. We brought meals to people when they were hurting or needed help. That's fellowship. It's sharing life together. It's, that's really the, the, the center of what it means. It's giving and receiving God's grace. So you may be thinking, I haven't had community like that for a while. I would enjoy to experience community like that. And so today may be the day where you're one community away from a better future, a more fulfilling life and faith experience. As we read this excerpt, see this picture from the book of Acts, this is what the apostles were teaching, and not just teaching, but demonstrating. People were together. And when people were together, helping each other, caring each other, supporting each other, something happens in us. Donald Miller, in his book called Blue Like Jazz, he he writes about community. And it was a, a book he wrote over 10 years ago. It's a great book, essentially on the significance of relationships. And Donald Miller, he talks about his experience growing up in church, which was, had a lot to do with programs and just what happens on Sunday and all these different things. But he somehow missed the love part when he grew up in church. And so he kind of went on this adventure, just learning about community. And he talks about the significance of when people are just open and honest They're not trying to hide anything. They're just trying to support each other and share God's love and grace. And he said, you know, as I read through the Gospels and I saw the life of Jesus, I saw Jesus doing that with the disciples. He lived that way. I mean, they laughed together. They ate together. Um, The disciples got in trouble because they didn't know what was going on. But he loved them. And he said, when I started looking at Jesus that way as I read the Gospels, he said, it just kind of hit me that Jesus likes being around me. And I need to have people in my life who are following Jesus, who like being around me, who are going to encourage me. Um, John Ortberg wrote wrote a book too that I want to offer up to you. It's a great book. And it's called Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. And think about that for a minute. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. That's what community is about. We all got our stuff. We don't have it figured out. We need each other. So how do we find or experience that kind of community? How do we find friends like that? How does it happen? Well, there's a starting point for all of us. And the first thing, we've got to be open to it. And the very, uh, kind of the first thing that we do when we enter relationships with a group of people is we've got to be willing to share our story. I mean, if we're really going to kind of get, you know, get to know each other and be able to sort, support each other, we've got to be willing to share our story. And this was the thing. I mean, this was like the biggest barrier for me when I, I mean, I, I didn't come to faith and start, um, you know, following Jesus until I was about 22 years old. And I was so afraid of actually sharing the stuff that had happened in my life. Because I thought in my head, if I share what I'm really like and what I've really been through, nobody's going to love me or want to hang out with me. But that's the key 
to entering community is all of us, not just one of us, all of us being willing to share our story, to share the tough stuff, to share the mistakes we've made, to share the stuff that we wonder about in terms of God and how God might be involved in our lives, the challenges we're facing, the question, you know, just all this stuff. When we begin to tell our story, we start to see there are other people just like us, right? So that's the question. Are you at a place where you're willing to start opening up your lives to other people? And I promise you, you'll find people that are similar to you. Secondly, this takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't go, uh, you might go to a support group and kind of open your life up very quickly. But in a group of relationships, it takes time. You spend time together, but you begin to tell your story. You begin to share stories with one another. And that's where the God stuff gets so significant. Well, this is where the movement of God and the presence of God begins to get formed in our relationships. Because we're just honest. We need him. And I love this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, these words as Paul shares about this kind of community, what it should look like. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. In the message, Eugene Peterson, he says it this way. He says, God comes alongside us when we go through hard times and before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who's going through tough times so that we can be there for that person, just as God was there for us. This happens through other people. It has to happen in community. It never happens in isolation. You and I, we need one another. I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day. I hadn't talked to him in quite a while. Um, but I wanted to talk to him because his best friend just died of a heart attack at 50. Now, this guy who died, his name's Tom and his wife's Janet. And so I was talking to my friend, you know, how, how are they doing? You know, how's Janet? How are the kids? You know, what's, what's happening with them? And he was just sharing the story. And then he stopped and he talked about the impact of Tom's death on him. How devastating it was to him because they were best friends. And so when you think about it, it's like, okay, how did, how did they become best friends? Well, they, they spent time together, years together. Hundreds of hours hunting and dirt biking and eating together and serving together in ch at, at church and in the community. I mean, they knew each other's stories inside and out. They knew secret things about one another. And it didn't matter because they were friends and they loved each other and they walked together. And as I asked him how he was doing, you know, he said, you know what? It's hard, but the relationship's not over. And he didn't say it this way, but what he was saying is there's community there, which means I'm doing all I can to support and take care of Janet. 
So when she's got stuff that needs to be done at her house, he's there. And he and his wife are spending, you know, nights eating with Janet, a few others that surround her, comforting her, carrying her through a difficult time. And that's community. And that's really what I want to offer to you today. You know, here at Rock Hills, we're a community of faith. I mean, we, we want to know more of God. We want to learn the way of Jesus together. And we want to support each other, to be in each other's lives. And if, you, um, if you're new here, or even if you've been here for months, maybe even years, but you haven't experienced that kind of community, I want to invite you to take a step today to give the Rock Hills community a chance. To be willing to open up your life and to join a few people, a group of people, where you can begin to experience koinonia, community, the kind of community that God desires for each one of us. And so after service today, I'm, I'm going to pray just in a moment, and then we're going to be done. Um, but if you're interested in hearing more about that, back in the Connecting Center, we're going to have a few people who are involved in groups. If you have any questions, you want to know about groups or, or ways that you can get connected, please go back there. And then you can also talk uh, to Al as well about the mission trip, three spots that are left for Honduras this summer. Um, but please join me in pray, prayer. Um, I know it's hard, it's scary, but none of us should miss out on the community that God desires each of us to have. Please pray with me. Lord, we're thankful for this morning. Jesus, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. It's your grace that changes our lives, not our effort. It's not our good behavior. And so that means we can be honest about our struggles. We have a lot more in common here than, um, than we have that's different. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, just as you spoke in the Acts 2 community. Help us to be willing to open ourselves to community. Help us to take a step toward that. And may there be people, just the right people. God, the people that you have already prepared to be involved in our lives. Um, may they surround us in the weeks and months ahead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.